God, we believe that you finished this thing. Lord, we believe that every victory is yours and you've won every battle, God. And we just look to you today. We continue to celebrate. Lord, we thank you that praise pulls heaven to this planet and that you inhabit our praise. And so today we believe you're here, Jesus, and anything can happen. We give you glory and honor, and we say that we have been set free. My shame is gone. My sin is gone. Death has been handled, and we can live free for your kingdom and your glory. Come on. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody give one more shout of praise. If you believe it is settled in Jesus' matchless name. Look at somebody as you grab your seat. Transformation. Come on. What's up online? Look at somebody say, you look so good today. Tell the online campus how good they look, even though you can't see them. Y'all look good online, and it is awesome to be with you this morning. Anybody be glad to be in church this morning? How, how, how good is, how good is this, our worship team? Can I just say, where's Pastor Emery? You guys, hey, worship, where's our worship team? Come back out here real quick. Can y'all come back out here? I know y'all got, I just want, I just want them to hear this, like. <laughs> right there man I just listen these guys I, as we were worshiping and I just looked up on the screen and was seeing what you guys are seeing online I just heard the Lord say these are the best on the planet these are, you guys are the best on the planet thank you I, I wasn't going to ask you to go back into a song I just want to say I love you and y'all are the best on the stinking planet, man. You guys are amazing. And I thank, I thank you so much for your time, your talent, your investment, and uh, leading us, not just in performance, but leading us in God's presence. And so we love you very much. Come on. I know that you guys love them. or are so thankful. I, I need what they carry. You need what they carry. And so, listen, I want, I want to give them honor because, hear me, there's a principle in the Bible about honor. Uh, when you dishonor or you don't honor, it actually closes your life to the gift that's in them. Remember when Jesus went into that town of Nazareth and it said, the Bible said, um, a prophet is without honor in his own home or his own town. Remember that? And then he said he could do no, he could do not many miracles or not many mighty miracles there. Literally, it said that the people did not receive the mighty miracles that God had for them because they did not honor Jesus there. That literally, when you don't honor, and, you, and, and there's a gift of worship in there in them, and when you don't actually honor it, it, that doesn't hurt them. It closes you to the gift that God wants to impart into your life. And we can take it to a boss or to a dad or a mom or, or, or a work environment or a spouse or whatever it is. There's gifts that God has placed in each of us that honor unlocks for our own benefit. Y'all with me in that? So I just wanted to do that. These guys are the best on the planet, man. We're so blessed to have them and just have Pastor Emery and what he's done uh, leading our team. And I'm going to sit down today. Y'all with me today? Man, I um, am going to just talk to us as a family today a little bit. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put on my pastoral hat. And uh, I know a lot of people are watching online. And I'm going to put on my prophetic hat. And I'm going to put on my dad hat. And... Uh, I, I am going to talk to us as a family, and I want, um, I just believe that, uh, that, you know, Paul said you have 10,000 instructors, but not many fathers, and uh, I just, I just think, I, I just, God's put on my heart to sit down and just share some things. I'm going to talk about some race things and racial things going on in the planet, some race things that are going on in our church. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about uh, me and my, and my family and life. I'm going to talk about um, I think what God's doing in our church right now and what the enemy's trying to do in our church right now as well. And so um, we're in a series called How to Be Human. 
And uh, I'll probably, you know I'm a preacher, so I'll probably preach some of this. But I'm going to sit down. I might read some of it to you. I'm going to try to stay calm today. And uh, hopefully I don't break a sweat today. You know, some, and uh, somebody said last week, man, you were getting it. You are sweating. I was like, well, I had a dang jacket on, and it's summertime. And so I'm trying to look cool. It's inconvenient to look cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, come on, ladies with high heels. Y'all know all about that, right? And so uh, uh, beauty is painful sometimes. Um, so, so we're in a series called How to Be Human. And last week we looked at a thought of just we need to breathe. To be human, number one, breathing. It's essential. You can't live out any of your faith if you're not breathing in God's presence. That's what worship's about. That's us taking in the presence of God. And So I'm going to just look at part two today. And I've been praying and, and just asking God, help me to um, speak on how to be human right now in this hour and what it looks like. A, a couple real quick things. Um, we have a huge encounter night coming up on August the 30th. The last night we've... we've we were hearing people and hearing the Spirit of God say, I want to go deeper and I want to see my power and my prophetic and the gifts of God uh, work and operate. And so we don't necessarily do that all the time on Sunday mornings because there's, you know, we don't have enough time. And so we're going to have a, an extended time of worship and just the presence of God and being in His presence every uh, last Sunday of the month. And then November and December will be a little different, but we'll give you those dates. The first one we're going to do, it's called Encounter. Encounter night is going to be August the 30th, 6.30 to 8. So we'd love you to mark your calendars if you're online and you, you can be at that. That'd be awesome as well. Again, we'd be safe, clean, distanced, all that kind of stuff. Um, let's jump into the Word. Uh, I need you to open your heart up to me today. Um, and uh, I, I just believe that God has some things for all of us. John 4, 7 through 10. It says this, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So she goes into a racial conversation. Jesus answered her and said, He actually talks about something else. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw from, and this well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? She goes into ancestral history. Jesus doesn't respond to that, and he says, He answered her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of, of springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. Now come here. We'll come here to draw. John 19, 28. Jesus is speaking the last words on the cross, the second to last words on the cross. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished so that the scripture might be fulfilled, so that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Exodus 17. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim by there, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Like, like somehow they were tempting God by looking to Moses. And the people thirsted for their, their for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? My title for today is Don't Die of Thirst. Don't Die of Thirst. 
Father, thank you for today. Thank you for family. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the keys to the kingdom that you've given us as your people. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I thank you that your word does not return void, but accomplishes every purpose that you intended to. Lord, everything that you've spoken to me or put into me, speak through me. Anything that's not of you, let it fall to the ground in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in America, we have uh, a lot of water. You can hit your faucet, and it's, it's right there. We take for granted water. We neglect water. We, 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 we don't think of water as scarcity. Two-thirds of the world have water scarcity. It's, con it's a concern. And so for us, um, a lot of times, it's, it's not as big of a concern. And, and another reason it's not as big of a concern is because there's so many options. Um, uh, you are made up of 70% water. Your body is 70% water. You can go without food for 40 days. You can go without water for three days until you die. Your body is made of water. Um, by the time you're 70 years old, you will have needed a million and a half gallons of water. Your body would have required by 70 a million and a half gallons of water. I mean, I can't even fathom that. Like, how many buckets is that? You know what I'm saying? And so, so there's this water need, and I think it's a necessity of how to be human. Water, we would say, is a necessity of how to be human, but it's neglected by our thought process, so much so that we have to train ourselves and put marks on buckets and, and, and tell us how much is a gallon and say, I'll drink this much by noon and this much by three. And then we have to have planned regiments, and many of us, most of us don't. And, and, and so... There, it's easy to take for granted or not drink the water. One of the big reasons, like I said, is there's so many options. I take my family out to eat often. My kids, they will drink 18 Cokes each. Uh, she said, I will not. I know, you're Sprite, sweetie, I know. <laughs> so so, so they, will, they will drink Sprite, they will drink sweet teas, they will drink Coke, and, and I'm in the process of dinner and family, immediate, and by the time I hear... <laughs> It's like, the, I'm like, I look at them like, how many, what, what, how many is that? They're like, it's five. And the waiter, waitress is there with another thing. Can, would you like, that's usually when I recognize it. They're there to pour another glass of Coke. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey. My kids love their own table because they can drink as much as they want without any adult supervision. And I'm like, so finally I'm like, whoa, from here on out, it's water. For them, waiter, waitress, from now on, it's water. You need parents out there? You cut off. And I, I think that God is saying to us as his kids, whoa, 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 it's water. I know Coke tastes good. I know that Sprite tastes, I know, but, but the necessity that you have is water. And me as your pastor, I'm just saying, hey, whoa, 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 like, whoa, okay, oh, hey, it's, it's water. Nothing else can refresh Nothing else can revive. Nothing else can hydrate except him. The Israel's in the desert. They're thirsty. You heard me tell the story. They get upset because they're going to die. Listen to me. They've looked to God. He's parted seas. He's done miracles. He's delivered from slavery. He's set them free by the blood of the lamb. They get into the wilderness, and they begin to thirst. And the moment they thirst, they look to a human. Moses. And Moses says, why are you, why are you looking to me? And looking to me, you're tempting God. Like, you don't trust God in this? Like, you don't, they're like, hey, we're thirsty. And then they say, you've brought us here, Moses, to kill us of thirst. Do you, do you know that thirst can't kill you? Dehydration kills you. 
You don't die of hunger, you die of starvation. Thirst is a physiological uh, um, system in your body to tell you that God designed you to tell you that you need water. Thirst is actually a trigger in your body to say, hey, you know what, you need water. You can write this down. Thirst is discomfort, hear me. Thirst is discomfort designed by God that allows you to know you need water. So many of us are thirsty right now, and it's actually a trigger point in our life to let us know that we need water. God gave us thirst to let us know water is important. There's so many options. There's Red Bulls and, and Monsters and High Energies and Low Energies and Black Teas and Green Teas and Sweet Teas and, and, and well, that's the, only other kind of, that's the only kind of tea there is, Sweet Teas. And, and coffees and lattes and frappuccinos and, and dark roasts and light roasts and medium roasts. And, and finally, at one point, our body says, enough! I need water. I need water. I feel like the world is dying of dehydration because they, they're thirsting for and drinking the wrong thing. You don't die of thirst. You just die when you quench your thirst with the wrong thing and get dehydrated because it couldn't satisfy And I And I, and I want to say this. Gracefully, I'm going to say some things I've never said before today for, for all of us to hear about my own life as well. Um, I, I feel like the church is thirsting and dying of dehydration in a way. And I feel like the enemy, and I'm going to say not the church, uh, probably the church worldwide, but I also believe the enemy has had an assignment against our church. And I've been, I've been a little bit just taking it all in, asking God to help me. And, uh, and the enemy's trying to dehydrate us as a church. And what God has done in our, in our church And he's trying to dehydrate us as individuals I feel like the enemy has an assignment And I want to say this God has built a supernatural church Of the best people on the planet In Knoxville, Tennessee And the devil hates it And the enemy Would want us In these tough times to dehydrate So I want to share a few things with you So this is what I want to say to you As I'm here today as your pastor That's just my intro and my thought about water Um I want to say to you, if I'm your pastor, if you're online and I'm your pastor, I need you to just really open your heart up to me today and hear me. If, if, if I've ever spoken a prophetic word to you, I don't, whether you're black, brown, white, any shade in between, if I'm your pastor, I really I'm praying that you would hear me, whether you're on my staff, whether you work here, go here, or serve here whether my name stamped on your paycheck or my prophetic heart is stamped on your heart, any of those areas, I, I, I pray you'd hear my heart today. And I, I've been talking to many people and listening and hearing, and, and here, here's what I know. Many people are hurting right now of every color, every race, every creed, many people. And, and we're in a, in, a, in a moment in history and in our church's history where we're hurting and we're dehydrated. I have many conversations and have had them, and I hear a common theme. People are hurting, and people are dehydrated, and people are thirsty. I have black and brown friends. I'm just going to, this is some of my heart I wrote down, and I have black and brown friends here that are hurting. Friends of mine who feel in the middle of all the racial issues in the world and everything that's going on that I haven't said enough that I haven't been strong enough or hard enough and haven't said enough. And I've heard that. And, and they're frustrated and they feel like they don't know if they're safe here and they don't know if, um, 
they need to isolate themselves from here. I've heard those conversations, and I can understand that. I have white friends and families that go here that feel like I've gone too far on some of the racial issues and said too much and been too hard and said things that they didn't fully agree with or said things about our nation or things that they didn't fully understand or agree with. And they are wondering if they should isolate and from our faith community or leave the church. And I can understand that. I have uh, black and brown friends here that feel invalidated and unsafe to have conversations about race and being safe and feeling their life matters without having a disclaimer of, yeah, but what about abortion? It's the number one killer of black babies. Yeah, but what about black on black crime? Yeah, but I have friends, black and brown friends that want to matter without a disclaimer. And, and, and they would say to me, yeah, we've been the number one shouters of we don't like abortion either. Or we don't like uh, Planned Parenthood in our communities either. And we've been yelling about black on black crime for years. And so you don't need to tell us that. We live there. And so, and so I understand that. And then I have white family and friends that say, yeah, but the Democratic Party loves Planned Parenthood and, and funds it and they, and they stand for abortion and, 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 and socialism. And, and, and so how do you say you don't like that when most of you know, the black and brown community votes Democratic? And so now we're getting political. And then you got a black and brown community going, you know, well, just because I'm a Democrat doesn't mean that I support abortion and, and, and Planned Parenthood. And I can believe in a, a party without having every single tenant. And you can be a Republican without ever, ever having every single tenant. And just because I believe this, I don't have to believe all that. And just because I'm black or brown doesn't mean I'm a Democrat. You know what I mean? And you got white people going, yeah, but just because I don't believe in all these platforms doesn't mean I'm racist. And, I, and, and it's understandable. And, and everybody's, and we're all like. <laughs> and we're at a place where we can understand that there's pain and hurt. And we're pointing fingers now. And some are standing and some are kneeling and some are hurting and some are, but we're all dehydrated. And there's pain. And I, I just. I just think there's an answer that I'm going to give to you today, and I know it sounds simple, but the reality is before I get into it, I want to, I want to tell you something. I really want to say something to everybody, every color, every creed. I know how you feel. And I believe that's why God's allowed me to lead this church, especially for this hour. You say, well, you're not black or brown, Pastor. How do you know how we feel? You say, well, you're, you're a white pastor, but we've heard you talk about the black and brown issues that we don't agree with. We don't know if you're Democrat or Republican. You don't know if I drank either, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I want to say, I know how you feel. You know who feels? All of you. I'm a Samaritan. I'm half Jewish. My father's a Jew, and I have a very Jewish last name. My mother, my father's family are Russian Jews. My mother's family are English Protestants. I grew up in between both of those realities. I grew up in a Jewish home with a very Jewish last name, with very liberal politics, everything from Eastern mysticism to lesbian rabbis to 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 a lot of money um, on one side. And I grew up on the other side with a conservative biblical uh, perspective, quote unquote, Southern biblical perspective uh, on a military base, guns, God, and glory. 
in, in, in deep south Georgia, Columbus at Fort Benning. I moved later to live in Kentucky uh, to live with my father. I know what it means at 16 years old to have a swastika painted on my front door. I know what it means to go to school with the guy that painted the swastika on my front door but never got caught to know that he did it and to have to look over my shoulder and wonder if he was ever going to do anything else to me. I know what it means to wonder if his buddy Rob hated me as much as he did because I liked Rob and Rob was a nice guy and actually hung around some of the buddies that I hung around with so I wasn't sure quite if Rob had the same tenants that his other friend had. I know what it means to have the guy that painted the swastika on your front door actually change his last name because he was German and his last name was Stein, but that was too Jewish, so he changed it to Strasser. I know what it means to go to the country club with my friends in Louisville, with my Catholic friends, and them not put my name down on the roster because they didn't let blacks or Jews be members. I know how it feels to have simple conversations and someone say, oh, let's, let's Jew them down. I know how it feels to think about my kids and my family and to go to a restaurant and put my name in and have them call it out and to wonder what people are thinking when the Jewish family walks by. And I know how it feels to introduce myself and say, hey, my name is so-and-so, and someone say, oh, you're Jewish. Well, kind of. <laughs> I know how it feels at 26 to be looking for Jesus thirsty, to walk into a Protestant church and say, hey, meet the pastor, and him say, what's a guy with your last name doing in a church like this? Well, if you don't know why I'm here, then I don't want to be here because you obviously don't have, don't have what I'm looking for. <laughs> I know how it feels for my wife and daughter to be going to Europe and me being thinking in the back of my mind there's a lot of violence and racial tension against Jews throughout that nation. And are they going to be safe? And What's that going to look like? Do they need extra safety? I know what it looks like not to be able to go to Israel and get my passport stamped before, before I go to another nation because I can't be in that country with my passport stamped from that nation. I know what it feels like to see the reality. I know what it feels like to be proud of my people and ashamed at the same time. So, you say, you've been through that, yeah, but I also know how it feels to try to hydrate on everything else I could hydrate and still be dehydrated. I know how it feels to become a new creation in Christ and be free from shame and status and stereotype and stigma. I know how it feels to be a Christian. I know how it feels not to be a Messianic Christian, not to be a completed Jew, not to be a white Christian or a black Christian or a whatever you want to fill in the blank Christian, to be a Christian. Once was lost, now I'm found, now I'm saved. I come from different cultures, have cultural experiences, but I'm a Christian. Paul said, I once was a Jew, now I'm a Christian. I know how it feels. I know how you feel. I know what we're facing, and I have given 20 years of my life to believe God for the miracle of what's in front of us right now online and in this room. I've walked through what I've walked through, and, and I, I just don't want Satan to destroy something that God has built, not that I have built, not that any man has built, that God has built. I mean, God has built our church on the grace of a Savior, not the sins of people. There are so many, and I'm begging you, I'm imploring you, I'm asking you, don't die of thirst. 
do not allow the enemy to dehydrate you or me. We have declared the gospel to thousands, and they've given their life to Christ here. Thousands. You have, we have, and they're populating heaven. Our mission is bigger than any mantra. There are mantras all over this planet that we could take up. Hear me, hear me. I have said and I maintain we will build our church on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the blood of a Savior, not the sins and issues of mankind. But, but I want you to also hear me. We will not ignore the issues that face society. What I mean by that is we will speak to it. We will believe in social justice and social reform and, and judicial reform and police reform and training. We believe in all that. But hear me. Here's where it gets weird and sticky. There's a political mandate in the earth and there's a prophetic mandate in the earth. We as a church, as a pastor, as prophets and leaders, we carry a prophetic mandate in the earth. Many of you might carry a political mandate in the earth. I don't carry a political mandate in the earth. And so there's, there's reform and there's political mandates that you will carry, but the platform of God's house will be the prophetic mandate of Jesus Christ and no other foundation that could hydrate or be laid that will give us life. I, I saw some goofball going out there trying to do babies' lives matter and painting them on the ground. He started to go fund me. I'm like, if anybody gives a dollar to that idiot, I'm just like, <laughs> excuse me, you might be a part of that. Love you. You are not an idiot. That's your thing. I'm just like, don't, don't try to tag onto somebody else's thing. <laughs> you didn't do that. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Get original. Um, my prayer is that our kingdom mandate for unity would be higher than our heart for diversity. We have a heart for diversity. I have so much more to preach and teach and say. I love you so much. I hear you back there. You can hang out. Uh, are y'all with me? I, I, I know we have time in between services, so that's an extra 30 minutes right there. <laughs> we, we, are, we, we are called to be unified over diversified, but... That, that means that we're going to be unique but unified. We're unique. We all come from different backgrounds and different cultures and different hurts and different pains and different people groups. And that's the point of the prophetic call on your life and on my life. That's the point of the differences. We represent a, a, a kingdom, heavenly reality. We do not represent an earthly reality. We're called, we've been called out, chosen, royal priesthood, sons and daughters of God, called to represent God to the planet. We are above. Listen to me. The gospel addresses the social needs of humanity, but it is not a social needs gospel. It's a sin salvation gospel. And we all can start pointing fingers and yelling at each other and looking at different sins. And, and there's sins all over this planet. And the reality is we need some, something that goes deeper than skin color. We need something that bleeds into the heart and changes the heart of humanity. And if we get into pointing them all and placing them all and going after them all and building a foundation, I promise you, many of you are thirsty and we get thirsty because we do that because it cannot satisfy. Only he hydrates. I don't want to die of thirst. I've seen what happens when we begin to point fingers. I was at the holiest place on the planet in Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall. I watched two groups of Jews right outside where Jesus was crucified. One group of Hasidic Jews with the curls and the hats and things. And they were yelling at another group, about 50 of them, yelling at another group. And the other group was standing there in their stuff. And they had their, ears, their fingers in their ears. And they were going, ah, 
grown men and women well not women because they were separated <laughs> grown men leaders of the religious community one group screaming and the other group going screaming back and I feel like Satan is trying to get us to a place where the holiest thing that we need the greatest thing is the water of God these men didn't have water they're screaming because they didn't have water and they're thirsty we need water Galatians 3 28 says there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female you are all one in Christ. Colossians 3.11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which God, which God you called you, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Listen to that. Capital S, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. That we would do everything to keep unity of water, unity of the Holy Spirit, to be unified around the Spirit. To not, not the unity of the races, not the unity of the politics, not the unity of, of who's worse and who's better. The unity of the Spirit that Jesus saves and gives us life and living water to be eternal forever. To walk in newness of life and heart. That we would have unity of the Spirit just as you were called in one hope, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who's above all and through all and in all. We are one and we need water. John 7, the woman at the well, Jesus shows up to her and starts talking to her about water. She goes into race and he talks about water. She goes into race and he talks about water and he says you know, if you go, go and get your husbands because you're thirsty and she says I want this water and he, he has this conversation and if you know the end of the conversation he says to her, he, he, he says listen God is looking for worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus talks to her in 20 verses to get to, to spirit, not about water. He says all this about water to get to spirit. If you know the story, those that worship will worship me in spirit and in truth. You're made up of 70% water. Your body is made of water. You crave what you're made of. You require what you're made of. You're 70% water. We are water. You require what you're made of. If you're made of envy, if you're made of anger, if you're made of jealousy, if you're made of vindication, if you're made of pride, if you're made of arrogance, if you're made, you crave what you're made of. And Jesus says, those that worship will worship in spirit and truth. You are not just a body. You are not just flesh. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. And my spirit craves to worship God because God is spirit. And I need spirit. And so only spirit can minister to spirit. And so God is saying, I'm waiting for you to get tired of your flesh, to get tired of the Dr. Peppers and the Sprite and the Coke and the politics. And the, I'm waiting for you to get tired of that and come down to the well of the spirit. Because you can't worship and be in the flesh and the spirit at the same time. And God's saying, I want to meet with you and I want to hang out, but I need you to be in the spirit. You and I need spirit and we crave spirit. Jesus did something on the cross. Thirst is designed to get you to a place where you'll drink of the spirit. Every bit of everything you're, I'm, it's valid. Every thirst is valid. But there's only one source to satisfy. What it says in Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour out water on him who is thirsty. 
and floods on the dry ground I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring Jeremiah 2.13 my people have done two things wrong they have abandoned me at the fountain of life giving water that's the only spot of life giving water there's other pools, there's other cesspools, there's other stuff but they have abandoned me the fountain of life giving water listen to this, they have also dug their own cisterns broken cisterns that don't hold water What are, what are we digging? What are you digging? What am I digging that will not hold water? Where have I turned from the life-giving fountain of Jesus? Where is that? Where, where, where have I done that personally? What does that look like in my life? Jesus went to this cross, and I'm going to close up. I've got a few minutes with you. Jesus goes to the cross. He's been on the cross for six hours. He's depleted. He's dehydrated. He's been beaten. His face is marred. He's unrecognizable. And John 19 says, verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things now were finished, said to fulfill the scriptures. so important to fulfill the scriptures, to fulfill the scriptures, to fulfill the scriptures. He said, I thirst. Second to last thing he said in the entire Bible, then he took from the sour wine, they put it on a sponge and into his mouth, and the Bible says after he received it and quenched his thirst with sour wine, he said, it's finished, and gave up the Spirit. To fulfill the Scriptures, he took of this wine, he took of this sour wine, and said, here's my Spirit. There was all types of verses and Scriptures that had to be fulfilled over his life up to this point. I'm just going to read them off to you. Jesus was betrayed by a close friend, Psalms 41.9. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, whom I ate bread with, has lifted up his heel again me. Jesus was forsaken by his disciples, Zechariah 13, 7. Jesus endured false accusations, Psalms 35, 11. Jesus was silent before his critics, Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Jesus was crucified on a cross, Psalm 22, 16. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Jesus was mocked by spectators. Jesus' spectators gambled for his clothes. Jesus was crucified by sinners. And among sinners, Isaiah 53, 12, Jesus portrayed, he prayed for his enemies. Isaiah 53, 12, Jesus at, to this point had fulfilled every prophetic path and step of his life in order to fulfill the, what, the scriptures that were over his life except one, one. Psalm 69, 21, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. And for the scriptures to be fulfilled, he had to say to his executioners and to us, I thirst that all of the prophetic writings on the planet and all of the declarations from the prophets through the ages down from creation and eternity past and the annals of heaven all the way to where the council of the God-Yune and the triune God decided to send this son of God to this planet all the way to that moment every verse written about him every step he'd ever take every moment every pain every atrocity every prejudice he came to his own and his own received him not all the rejection the Roman rule and the slavery the beatings the mockery the, the, the chastisement the hanging on a cross the the annihilation of his, of his entire being, the taking on of sin, the bleeding from his poor, all of that, every single prophetic moment that he fulfilled, all led to that one moment of I thirst. Prophetically, every one of those moments had to be fulfilled to get him to, to, get him to a place of declaration, I thirst. 
Could it be that every single prophetic calling and mandate in Scripture over your life, every bit of pain and every bit of prejudice and every bit of denial and every bit of promotion and demotion, every bit of being overlooked and looked over, every bit of atrocity and every bit of, of ridicule and every bit of how your name sounded or how they said your name and every bit of the, the, the jokes. and this, Could it be that every single thing that's happened over our life could be a prophetic declaration and step to get us to a place of admission? I thirst! get us to realize that only he quenches could it be that everything we've been through is designed to get us to I thirst and they put sour wine on a stick and he gave up his spirit he thirsted and he gave up his spirit it sounds like thirst is the access to the spirit he thirsted and gave us his spirit he thirsted and gave us his spirit he thirsted and was quenched with sour wine do you know that a lot of times we're quenched with the sourness of life that gives us access to the sweetness of the spirit do you know usually it's the sour things that we're quenched with by God to, to give us access to the sweetness of his Holy Spirit power and he gives up his spirit the last verse of the Bible. I'm going to close. One of the last verses of the Bible that wasn't a salutation. In Revelation 22, 17. I believe it'll be on the screen for you. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely and drink. all the chapters of the Bible all the miracles all the mandates all the wars all the victories all the failures all the prophetic promises of God all the entirety of the holy writ all of the, the scriptures fulfilled the picture of a beautiful picture of revelation and a new kingdom and new earth and a new heaven and new all of the fulfillment of all of the ages and the last thing God says is hey if you're thirsty you're still thirsty come 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 and drink freely of what will satisfy you you know a human didn't write it if it was us we'd had fireworks and, and and confetti cannons and parties and rallies and protests and 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 we'd had everything and news clips and 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 and, and mantra we'd had all he just god no god just says no fireworks no hype just if you're thirsty if you're thirsty you don't have to and I don't have to die of thirst there will always be swastika artists in your life the thing about Jesus is that he stood there with both of them on both sides and you never know when someone's heart's going to turn. And he loved that man to the finish. And that thief looked at him and said, Would you remember me, Lord, when you're in your kingdom? And 
Jesus looked back at him and said, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. Basically, that man said, I give you my life, Jesus. And Jesus says, I'll take all three minutes of it. And in heaven, there's some barefoot thief running around that never prayed for anybody, never discipled anybody, never started a movement, never planted a church, never got water baptized, never lived holy, never did a Bible study. Just, I'll take all of your life. And probably when Paul's teaching on grace in heaven, he has to be quiet when that thief walks up. And he has to say, you know what? There's the picture of grace. You got eternity for three minutes of a declaration. Come on, you don't know what person in your life is going to make that decision in three minutes. I just, I'm just begging all of us, white, black, brown, every shade in between, that we're one blood and one family. And let's not allow the devil to dehydrate us. That's my prayer. I love you. I love you. With all my heart, I love you. Father, we pray right now. We love you so much. We thank you that you gave us thirst. We know that this world system and everything on this planet, Lord, is not our home. And the actual design of this planet, the decay of this planet, is designed to make us thirst. It's designed to make us quint. It's designed to make us hungry and thirsty. It's designed to, to not satisfy so that we would turn to the wells of living water. Today, I pray prophetically over anybody under the sound of my voice in this house or online. We are a family and that we will not dehydrate. Devil, you will not dehydrate us. We will thirst of the living water. We believe God. God flows in this place and I pray for anybody in this room that's thirsty that feels dehydrated that feels like you know what pastor I know it's been so much and there's been so much and I'm thirsty I understand how you feel and it's valid I pray oh God that supernaturally you would dig the wells of salvation again that we would do the work of redigging some wells we would dig down deep to the wells of our fathers and the wells of our ancestors and the, the men and women of faith in our life and we've got cultural differences and we've got upbringing differences and we've got many differences but oh God we've got one blood and one spirit and one church and one father and we pray that you would pour out a revival in our own hearts and like we've never seen before through this church and this city and every people group in Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Heads bowed and eyes closed for another second. If you're in this place and you are not right with Jesus, if you've never given your life to Him, if you don't have living water, if you're thirsty, if you've been trying to satisfy and suffice on your own, the Bible says all you got to do is come and drink. The Bible says you get a fresh start with God if you say yes to Jesus. If you're here, no one's looking around. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up to me on three. No one's going to embarrass you or bring you forward, but if you'd say, you know what, Jamie, I, I hear you, and, but I, I need living water. I need Jesus. If you want your sin removed and your shame removed and your guilt removed and the pain and you want to actually be quenched now and forever, it comes through a relationship with God through Jesus. If you need a fresh start on three, would you put your hand up to me? One, I need a fresh start, Pastor. Two, I'm ready to say yes. Three, just put your hand up to me right now. I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need the living water. Hold it up high so I can pray for it. I need living water today. If you're online and you need a fresh start, you need real life, living water, would you just type in living water? I need Jesus in the chat and we'll pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Father, anybody under the sound of my voice, if they need living water, if they need a real relationship with Jesus, not religion, not church, not rules, but the life-giving water of Jesus. Lord, I pray you would save them right now. They would ask you to be their Lord and Savior. 
they would surrender to you and you would lead and guide their life the rest of their days in jesus mighty name amen 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 come on give god praise this morning i love you thank you for being you you are you are the best people on the planet i love you so much you uh it was a little different today so i pray that um you just receive that word. If you did make a fresh start or you need prayer, we have people right over here on the sides of our auditorium. Look at me. It's changed. It's moved. They're here on both sides if you need prayer. Some of you might be thirsty. You need prayer. It's okay. We all are. You can get some prayer for that. If you're a guest with us, can you give our guests a hand, guys? Thanks for hanging out, guys. It's an honor. If you're a guest online, thanks for checking us out online. We have a guest area. We'd love to give you a gift and put that in your hand. And then listen, we're not passing buckets. We don't do that each week. We give as we go. You can give online. Thank you for your generosity. Please keep being faithful to your tithes and offerings because I know a lot of people aren't here and some people are in and out, but you are making a difference around the world and in this community. So thank you for your generosity. Love you guys. Have a great day. Be transformation.